you just tuned into the hippest way to start and grow your indie author career, learn the ins, the outs, and all the all-arounds of self-publishing with the team from D2D and their industry-influencing guests. You're listening to Self-Publishing Insiders with Draft2Digital. Well, hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Self-Publishing Insiders with Draft2Digital. This, is, this one's really with Draft2Digital because what we got is uh, some of our A team here. Uh, there's me. I'm sort of the B team, just that clean up in the background. Uh, but we have uh, Jim Esvito, who's our head of uh, uh, business communications and PR. And we have Tara Robinette, who is uh, – Tara, what, what's the specific title? Director of Operations. Director of Operations. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I butcher that all the time. So, anyway, you got us. You got your opportunity. You can ask us anything you want in the comments. However, specifically, what we're talking about today are subscription-based reading services. And you may be familiar with some of these. Um, the uh, The list that we deal with is pretty short. Uh, we will get you to Scribd and uh, Kobo Plus. And there's a couple others that are sort of library-ish that, uh, that kind of qualify for this. Uh, but you may be more familiar with services like Kindle Unlimited. Um, and what are some others? Tara, you know them all. I only know what we do. I know, okay. I know Kobo Plus, um, and I know a little bit about a Kindle Unlimited. And of course, okay. we're wanting to bring this up because of the big announcement that Kobo Plus had just right. recently for all the new territories, including UK and US, where yeah. you can now get your books into their subscription service into. Yeah, and uh, tacking onto that, and this was uh, this was something we did just for you your authors is uh if you are a smashwords author you are now able to contribute to that that um kobo plus library worldwide uh and all the regions that they serve so that's the big new announcement uh as of like the past week or so and uh we're really excited about that and that's what prompted us to want to talk about this there's a couple other things there's some little things that have popped up uh, in this space that we're going to bring up. But let's let's talk a little bit about Kobo Plus. Do we know what regions, Tara, um, mm-hmm. Kobo Plus currently serves? Yes. Australia, Belgium, Canada, France, Italy, Netherlands, New Zealand, Portugal, United Kingdom, and the United States. So that's, I, I counted 10 markets. Is that, is that right? You're correct. I only have 10 fingers, so if you're doing <laughs> that, I missed it. You are um, correct. Ten that was more than I thought. So my my yeah. notes are not up to date. So thanks for that, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you can get uh, a complete list. I mean, we we've got. Um, I believe we actually outline exactly what storefronts or, or mm-hmm. what regions we hit. Um, if you look at the FAQ on um, on drafttodigital.com, and you know we're always adding new marketplaces. So for anyone watching or listening in the future. Uh, we may actually have quite a few more uh, for that sort of thing. Now, we don't have any control over where Kobo goes, right. but uh, we're always adding new places, new regions, and things to our offering. Uh, we got some stuff coming up that I think everyone's going to be excited about. Now, so Kobo Plus, let's talk a little bit about how this works. So here's my understanding, and the two of you can correct me uh, if I'm wrong. But first, before I do that, I want to remind everybody, please, please ask your questions in yes. the comments. If you've got a question... That makes this show go a lot smoother uh, because otherwise it's just us talking all the time. Nobody you wants don't want that. that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so uh, ask your questions in the comments. And if we can't answer it, uh, we do have folks who are drifting around in there. One of those folks, by the way, is 
the birthday girl, Alyssa Dollinger, who uh, has, this is her, I think it's her 20, 21st birthday today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we want to wish her birthday, a happy Alyssa. birthday. So happy birthday. And uh, okay. So how these work. So let's, let's start specifically with uh, Kobo Plus since that's the first one we've mentioned. Um, here's my understanding and correct me when I'm wrong. So the user, uh, the reader can subscribe to Kobo Plus, and I believe that the rate now is $9.99? There's two separate rates, $9.99 for eBooks or $12.99 for eBooks and audio. Okay. See, that is cool. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, you so for $12.99, you can get the whole package. Uh, that's that's Kobo Plus, right? That's Kobo that Plus. Okay. Now, if you are an author, um, how does it work, Tara, for how authors get paid on this? Okay. So the Kobo Plus is a little bit more complicated than like Scribd. Um, it, it is similar to Kindle Unlimited where the payout depends on the quantity of books enrolled, the quantity of authors enrolled, and the number of books read. So it's kind of a divvied out amongst everyone involved system, um, which is a little bit different than how Scribd does theirs, but it's very similar to how Kindle Unlimited does their subscription program. So for those who are familiar with the Kindle Unlimited program, that's what you are used to. But the mm -hmm. biggest difference is you are not required to be exclusive like you are with yep. Kindle Unlimited. You're allowed to have your books wide anywhere you want your books published, and you can still be in the Kobo Plus program. See, and that is a huge advantage because, you know, if, for those, I'm going to assume that everyone's pretty much familiar with KU, but just in case, uh, you know, Kindle Unlimited is Amazon's program. Part of, you know, when you distribute through KDP Select, you can actually enroll your books in that program uh, and it, your book has to remain exclusive to Amazon for 90 days at a time. Uh, and you actually have to, you know, go in and tell it you want them withdrawn or it'll yeah, automatically yes. renew that. Mm -hmm. Now that the advantage of that is that Amazon has this, what they call their global fund. It's, you know, several million dollars uh, and they, they pay you by page read in that program. And it's usually a little less than like, Five, I think like five one hundredths of a cent or something. I, I, I know it's something mm -hmm. like that. It's not a lot per page. And in fact, when you tally it all up for your total book, you're actually making quite a bit under the uh, your asking price, your retail price for that book. Uh, but a lot of people like it because Amazon does promote that quite a bit. Uh, they there's all kinds of like bonuses and things that you can you can get. So there are some advantages to it. Um, that you know amazon uses to attract people in but you know we're, we're sort of you know we're sort of against that whole idea of exclusivity uh because i don't think anybody got into this business hoping that they could write books that only people who read on amazon would right. read right. <laughs> so uh but the kobo plus program is similar in the way that it pays out and the way that it functions right. uh but it actually there's two things about it that i think trump the um the Amazon uh, KU program. One of those is the lack of exclusivity. Mm -hmm. The other is they're actually reaching regions that Amazon right. currently doesn't reach. Mm -hmm. So you can actually discover other pockets of readers. Um, One thing I want to clear up real quick, Kevin, I'm sorry to step on your toes, but no, you're fine. for authors who may not know, if I want to sign up for Kobo Plus, do I need to be in Kobo 
first? Do I need to sign up for that retailer first? Or can I just go directly to Kobo Plus? Or if I'm in Kobo Plus, does that automatically through draft to digital um, allow me to be on Kobo Plus? Or do I have to do that separately? Right. Um, are you asking or are you telling? I'm asking. I'm asking. He's, he's asking. Okay. And he's you're, asking you're, you, Tara, because Kevin probably doesn't know. I just notched myself down from <laughs> A team to like B minus or C plus. Uh, you have to be, you have to have your book published to Kobo to get into Kobo Plus. So okay. you can't just go straight to Kobo Plus. You need to be at Kobo to get there. Okay. Um, but that, that kind of segues me into a very, very common question that we get in customer support. Mm -hmm. Is Kobo Plus cells siphoning off my Kobo cells? So I could be making, I don't know, $2.99 for a sale of my book, or I could be making 50 cents in Kobo Plus over a period of so many reads. Is, is one somehow siphoning my sales off the other? That is something that we have looked into extensively and we've discussed with Kobo as well. Mm -hmm. um, we asked them to kind of track down those numbers because that is a concern That's for a authors. Question. What we have found, what all of our data has shown us is they are two separate readers. Hmm. A Kobo reader is not a subscriber and a subscriber is not a, is not a ebook buyer. They're two separate readers. So you're right. kind of reaching two separate markets. Yeah. You're not going to see one siphon sales from the other. You're going to be reaching a new demographic of readers who either only like to buy and own their eBooks on their device or those who prefer to be subscribers and filter through a ton of books at a time. That by the way is, um, is basically true of, of, the subscription service model in general, like we've had, uh, I've, you know, I've had authors talk to me about it and they're leery of these subscription yes. services. One of the things that people say is pretty common is that it's, you know, it's devaluing uh, the, the books, you know, like it's, it's reducing what people are willing to pay for the books, which I don't think is true because it is two different audiences. Yes. There's this group of readers is not going to go buy your book. They're just You're not. absolutely uh, right. They yeah. are subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. They want that deal. They want, you know, they want access, mm -hmm. uh, anytime access. Uh, they're probably pretty voracious uh, in their reading right. habits. And so this is a perfect thing for them, you know, uh, especially on the audiobook side. You know, these people will tear through yeah. audiobooks. So it's a way to capture um, revenue from a group of readers that you otherwise would not ever have any access to and would that's, never make any money from. You're that's giving exactly your readers how choices. We it. Yeah. yeah. More affordability, um, more accessibility, mm -hmm. and even more convenience in some cases. You're right. right. So let's talk uh, now a little bit about Script because that's one that's our second like retail subscription service uh, that we support. What so their model is effectively very similar, uh, but they they started life as a document sharing service, mm -hmm. so they have some features that that Kobo Plus doesn't have. But uh, I'm a, I'm a subscriber of Script as well as an author contributing there. I really enjoy it because I can queue up a bunch of audio books and things. I use it primarily for audio. Uh, it has its own built-in player, and uh, so when you when you grab a book, you know you can and it'll resume from where you left off. Mm -hmm. All the all the key features. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm frequently finding books there that, you know, I would otherwise have to pay quite a bit of money for. Um, and, uh, so that accessibility wise, it's been a great tool, but it does, um, eBooks, 
um, audiobooks, documents, and uh, it also will do magazines and podcasts. And and music, yeah, music, sheet, sheet music, which was a weird one to discover. That's not one we come across a lot in uh, in our little world. But that's uh, <laughs> that's an interesting thing because, like, if you are a musician, uh, even or if you're just starting out, you're just you know you just like to it's a hobby or whatever. I mean, you know, having access to sheet music is pretty handy. So, um, but let's let's address there is a kind of elephant in the room when it comes to uh script or at least a perceived elephant mm -hmm. in the room it, it turns out to not actually be a thing but recently there's been a little bit of controversy and drag um with the idea that um and i'm, I'm i think it's primarily like they're talking about ai stuff is scraping script and there may be other things doing that that's the the rumor but the reality is much different. And Tara, you you had a conversation this morning. I think you're probably best to sum this up. What what's actually happening there? Well, I think what we have uh, we have all all learned is Scripps started out as a document sharing site, mm -hmm. and that's that's literally its birth was mm -hmm. to share documents. Um, it evolved into both a, a book store and a subscription service and then 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 it just rolled into subscription service yeah. um so i think there is this stigma from way back when it was a document sharing site um the the organizers have put so many different things in place to ensure that copyrights are honored yeah. um and valid um, but that is a concern that has been brought up at least to customer support quite a few times because of how it started. It's no longer that yeah. it is now a legit site that, um, that authors can upload their content to. Um, it's a trustworthy site. draft digital did extensive vetting before we ever, um, added them as a vendor because we'd heard those same rumors. Uh, yeah. So, of course, we all wanted to look into it as well. And um, it, it's it's a quality site with quality content. And I don't think anyone is having to deal with the infringement issues that that we saw when it was just a document share. Sure. Yeah. And, and going back in time, um, you know, they were really good at making it a document sharing service at yes. the time. And like it was ridiculously easy to share documents. So they just got this deluge of documents coming in. But going back 10 years, um, when Smashwords signed their agreement with Scribd, there was some of that same talk going on. So I think we signed the agreement in December of 2013, if I remember correctly. And then in January, okay. uh, Mark Coker, Smashwords founder, uh, sat down with some of the Scribd executives and some best-selling authors to talk about what was happening there. And then I think it was just four months later, Scribd announced their book ID program which mm -hmm. will take a look at the digital fingerprints of any new content that's loaded onto script to ensure that it is legit. So they've yes. got this whole system there um, yeah. that's mm -hmm. there to safeguard your books. You know, now this is one of our top money-making sites for authors worldwide. Um, so the script is right there in competition with, with all of the big sellers, Apple, Kobo, all of the big sellers. Um, they do very, very well for our authors who are wide. Yep. Yeah, I actually, uh, 
it's been interesting to me as an author. Like I actually see it's, it, you know, it's not like a deluge of money, uh, but you know, I do get revenue from, from books on Scribd, um, both for my um, eBooks and for audiobooks. Uh, but audiobooks generally outpace the eBooks for me. Like I, I, I think Scribd, I think may actually be, much more of an audiobook service for for most readers uh, than an ebook service, but it is nice to be able to to grab both, you know, yeah, <laughs> to, without it costing you extra money. You know, you're you now they don't do a, like a whisper sync or anything, um, to my knowledge. I mean, I've never seen it. Maybe they have a feature I don't know about, but uh, just just having the ability to, you know, I've I've listened to this. I know I'm on chapter seven, so I'll just open chapter seven in the ebook and. You know, since I can't listen right now, I'll read or whatever. Uh, so yeah, that's that's been pretty nice. Now we should we should point out the document ser sharing service is still part of Scribd, but mm -hmm. it's not uh, it's not included. Like the the ebook retail side and the audiobook retail side is a separate piece. They don't cross streams. There's no cross contamination. Um, so if someone is uploading something on the document side, that maybe is untoward or whatever you know they'll presumably catch that and remove it but um you, you don't have to worry about your books showing up in some like downloadable pdf form right. or whatever no they're they're locked in the app the scribd reading app so yeah. they're they're they are secure in the ebook format yep yep uh now when you close out your scribd subscription mm -hmm. you lose access to your, the books and things that you've downloaded right yes that's correct is that do you know if that's true for ku so on ku if you have downloaded a, a, a ku book well that's a good question actually because uh, well, the way i understand it i think if you purchase a book through ku you, it's yours to keep if you cancel yes. but, they, but if you've rented that book or if, if you borrowed yeah. the, if you borrowed the book you, then you don't get to keep it right the, okay the, and that's that's true for all of these so far yeah. so yeah. scribd and kobo plus that's the way i understand it um but i know that scribd will give you so much time so if you uh if kevin you're the author and you decide you're going to remove this from the mm -hmm. service yeah. um but I've just rented the book. I'm given yeah. so many days, like 30 days to finish reading the book. I'm going to tell you, there are people who, uh, so I took every single one of my books out of KU like a couple of years ago, and mm -hmm. I still get page reads Yes, from people who downloaded it, you know, years yes. ago. That's so, correct. Uh, and that's so, correct. That's true for Kobo Plus as well. Um, yeah. We often have that question of, I delisted from Kobo Plus. How am I still getting sales? Um, every additional page read for that book from a previous subscriber who, who borrowed that book, you're going to get paid for those reads. And that is good news, not bad news. That, oh, that is, That's really yeah. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm learning yeah, I mean, so I, much today. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that as a, as a feature because, uh, and as a benefit, honestly, because um, there are people, and I, I think I'm probably one of them, who will download books in KU with no intention of reading them right away. Me too. And so if I come back to that book, you know, a year later and start reading it, uh, it's, you know, suddenly the author is getting paid for those patriots. And that's only fair. <laughs> I mean, the author yeah, should yeah. be paid for their work. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
And the same uh, is true for Scribd. I, there are so many times where I've gone back into Scribd app and I see my this book that's open and I'm like halfway through it. I'm like, oh my God, I totally <laughs> forgot. I was working my way through this book. Yeah. <laughs> It'll remind you I too. That. I like that about Scribd who will say, hey, do you want to continue listening to or reading this book X by Kevin Tomlinson or whatever? And it'll... It'll prompt you. So um, I think we we definitely discussed this about Kobo Plus, but I'm not sure we discussed how authors get paid in Scribd. Maybe we went over it a little bit. Scribd is actually paid out just like any of Draft2Digital's other ebook vendors. You make your, it's approximately 60% of the list price per book read past the free preview. So they make 20% available as a free preview. Once the reader, the subscriber has read past the free preview, you're credited for a sale. Okay. That makes sense. And, uh, you know, I'm personally okay with that, like the that model. Because Scribd also does some things sort of internally where they're kind of promoting you every now and then. Like they'll recommend a book. They have a recommendation engine. Uh, so if you've read a lot of, you know, uh, Ernie Dempsey's books, They'll, they may recommend Kevin Tomlinson to you or whatever, or vice versa. Similar uh, content, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that's actually how I've discovered several authors uh, through Me that too. service. So, now, um, what about when you decide you no longer want to contribute to the Scribd library or the Kobo Plus library? Like, what's the withdrawal process like? Easy. I mean, it's it's as easy as any of, of the other vendors, um, at least through Draft2Digital. It's it's submitting a D-list request and you can pick and choose your ebook vendors. So you're not required to be in any of these vendors. There's no 90 day window. None of that nonsense. You log in, you remove the vendor and that's that D-list request gets submitted to that vendor immediately. Um it can take them a couple of days to get the book out of the catalog, but we're we're going to start that process as soon as you tell us you no longer want your book in now I, enrolled. Yeah. Now, ideally, you wouldn't remove it anyway. I mean, there's no, there's no, you know, I'm not going to say there's no reason or no justifiable reason to remove it, but you know, in most cases, yeah, authors can we can be a funny group. Um, <laughs> you know, I get I, I'll hear from authors all the time who'll say. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not selling any copies on Kobo or Barnes and Noble, and so I'm just going to delist from that service, which yeah. makes zero That's sense it. to me. You know, just guaranteed like, zero sales for yourself. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly right. You're definitely not going to make any money if you don't have the book available for sale. Uh, so, but also remember, it takes a month or more yeah. for us to get those numbers. Kobo yeah. Plus comes Kobo plus sales numbers and reports come in slower than the Kobo numbers yeah. do. It, it just takes longer to do the calculations and gather all that data. So it comes in a little bit slower. Um, but I've had authors who will delist, you know, a week or two into because they're not seeing yeah. those numbers. Yeah. Well, give it time. Um, yeah. it, it can take a good 30, 60 days before you, you actually get to see your total. So give it a little bit of time, uh, let it ride um, and just wait and see. You may be quite surprised. And like Jim pointed out, you're guaranteed no sales if you're delisting. So, yeah. you know, you might as well. well the, see. That's a good general advice too, Tara, because 
a lot of authors who are moving from who have been in KU exclusively since day one of their author careers who start to go wide, start to yes. panic really quickly if it, they're not getting any sales wide within a couple of weeks. And they think, oh my gosh, what have I done in my career? I've just tanked myself. But I think they learn yeah. over time, if you give it 30 days, 60 days, a couple yes. of quarters, they, they start to gain that traction. And then they're like, yeah. oh, okay, I get The important now. bit is there's no downside to keeping your book in the program or, right. or in right. that retailer. Um, it's not going to cost you anything. There's no, Correct. you know. There's no upfront uh, fees. Yeah, 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 nothing like that. So you're, you know, you, you're safe putting in there. The, and that's the thing that we talk about quite a bit. Um, with authors at conferences and, and coaching and that sort of thing. Um, you know, your strategy in wide is very different than, than in an exclusive program like Amazon KU. It's, you know, it's all long tail. It's all, mm-hmm. you know, you have to look down the road because if you're not, if you're not prepared to kind of slog through, you're really not going to see anything. But the reason you would want to do it is if you are locked into Amazon then you spend all that time, energy, and effort, all your marketing effort goes towards building a specific audience for a specific retailer. So that if you ever do decide you want to go wide later, now you're starting from zero. Like you don't have readers on Kobo or Barnes and Noble or Scribd. So it's, you know, it's better. Maybe you don't make as much money uh, as fast up front, but you're far better off to start from the beginning with a wide strategy than you are to go exclusive and take the quote unquote easy money. Because let me tell you that easy money disappears sometimes. Like all that stuff you start to count on is like this month they've changed the way the algorithm right. works. And so they're no longer recommending my books. And so, you know, that's, that and stuff happens. Got, no, I was going to just add on to that, Kevin. And if you've got 85, 95% of your sales all coming from a single vendor, yeah. And are you truly an independent author? You're a, a dependent author on that one retailer. And like, as Kevin says, if those algorithms change, or something funky happens. Yeah, you know, I like that. You you go from being an indie author to a D author. <laughs> uh, I just want to remind everybody, if you've got questions. Now, if you're listening to this down the road or watching it on uh, YouTube, if you're on YouTube, pop a question in the comments. We'll... We will eventually, uh, we get flagged by those so we can answer those uh, for you. If you're listening on a podcast, uh, you can do the same thing. Just reach out to us at support at draftdigital.com if you have questions uh, or go to the Draft Digital website and you'll find all kinds of ways to reach out to us. But for those of you who are live, lucky you, uh, you can actually pop your question in the comments right now and either we or uh, Alyssa will answer those questions for you. Um, I don't have any questions yet, but I do have a couple of comments. This one comes in from Easy Graphics on YouTube. Uh, love it that there's no downside. Can't complain about that. LOL. <laughs> and that's <laughs> true. Yeah. I mean, it is free services. It's a additional revenue source, and it's an additional reader base. Yeah, You're absolutely. I have yeah, a quick yeah. question from an author's perspective. Okay. If go. I'm publishing my book and let's say Scrib wants to show the first is going to show the first twenty percent as a free sample, <clears throat> as an author publishing through my drafted digital dashboard, do I have to manually go in and say make the first twenty percent of my ebook um, a, a free sample, or is that something that Scrib takes care of on their end? How do I do that as an author? Scrib takes care of that on their end. Um, it's all set up automatically, so there's there's nothing you have to do, no additional steps. <clears throat> okay. Easy peasy. 
I like no additional steps. Uh, I'm going to pop this other. This is an actual question this time from Easy Graphics. Uh, D2D print question. Can libraries order paperbacks if our books are in D2D print? Absolutely. Any any library, any bookstore, any vendor that has access to the Ingram print network can get your book onto their shelves. And that is a whole other like marketing <laughs> initiative. Uh, you know, you, you should be the thing that people don't think about is, you know, everyone's everyone's got gets excited about the idea of getting their book into, say, a bookstore on a bookshelf. Uh, those stores aren't going to purchase your book if no one's heard of you or no one's requesting your book. So uh, the same is true for libraries. What you have to do is a, a, adopt a strategy of uh, marketing to those groups. And it's a little different than marketing directly to a reader. Now you can do it sort of vicariously market to readers uh, and ask them to go to the library and request your book. I mean, you can do that. And that's very helpful. So if you do have a, a, a library in mind, I mean, my recommendation is to target library by library in different regions, but, you know, find a way to sweeten the deal for them. O offer them, you know, you know, reach out to them and market your book, get pull together some materials. You know, you can, you can print things out in your printer if you want and mail it to them, but you know, like a one sheet about your book and about you as an author. But if you can do things like, you know, offer to come and do like a talk, yeah. Uh, in the library. Talk, yeah. And you can do things like that. And, and they will often uh, consider that for their community outreach programs. Yeah. And uh, if they're going to have you in, they're probably going to order at least one of your books. So uh, little things like that, just get really creative with it on the library side. Yeah. You might, get um, really, you might, you might be really surprised if you go into like say Google maps and you type in public libraries <laughs> um, from your home address yeah. And you'll see the circle like within five miles, 10 yeah. miles, you'll be surprised how many libraries how are many? so close to your home. Yeah. And for yeah. those who are who want more info on that, Kevin has put out several blog posts to check the check our blog. Um, we in customer support direct people to the blog um, because he's got so many resources out there right now that guide authors on marketing to libraries. Yeah. It's um yeah, there's an art to it. it marketing is is an interesting game because <laughs> it the, your your technique changes based on your audience. Uh, I'm going to pop this this comment up from Alyssa because this is in regards to Scribd. Uh, she says I didn't know it started as a document sharing site, and I've been in this business for ten plus years. I'm going to confess that I didn't know it started that way either until yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I so. knew because when we started to yeah. look at Scribd at, and offer it to our authors, <laughs> we had to learn and research and and find out the history behind. And um, so that's, that's how I, I got there. Yeah. Uh, we have this is another print related question. I should have known we'd get plenty of print questions. What information should we be giving bookstore owners slash libraries when we approach them to get them to purchase our books? For their location. I think this is in regards to the marketing thing I said earlier. Mm -hmm. So if you were going to make like a one sheet about your book, you'd want, you know, a, a, a synopsis of the book and you want to kind of keep that short and sweet, but, you know, put some drama in there, give them, don't tell them what happens, tell them the experience they're going to have. 
uh, when they read the book. Then put a little blurb about yourself, uh, you know, highlight like your accomplishments. If you've, if you've won awards for that book or any book, if you um, have spoken, uh, if you speak at events, uh, you know, you, know, you can kind of pad this out with any, any life experience that could be relevant uh, to you as an author, you can include that in there. But, you know, also, again, keep that kind of sure you're looking to create something like on one, like the front side of one sheet of printer paper, put a, put a picture of your book, a little headshot. You know, if you go to Canva, you can, there are, I don't think there's templates specifically for, you know, author one page, one shot pages or whatever, but you know, you can build a flyer or something, use one of their templates and, and just replace the stuff with your book cover and your face. If you are a D2D author and you use D2D print, by the way, on the uh, final stages before you submit your book for publication distribution, that we give you a little 3D graphic of your book. And it's a it's on a, a transparent PNG. So it actually is it doesn't have a background or anything. It's just your book. It's like a little stack. Real, real cool looking uh, and, and kind of demonstrates what the book looks like. You can grab that graphic for free and drop that into Canva and put that on your uh, your one sheet. So, yeah. And in um, terms of um, just real quickly, in terms of marketing specifically to libraries, it, it pays to understand how the libraries and librarians work specifically. So they actually want to carry books from local authors. Um, but in addition to just going in there and saying, you know, hello, this librarian, I'm a local author, can you please carry my book? Um, understand that they work by, by curating these books and ordering these books from catalogs, like from Overdrive or Baker and Taylor and others mm -hmm. to whom Drafted Digital distributes. So you can go on there and let them know that I'm a local author. My books are distributed in the Overdrive catalog, of which you consider carrying my book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the trick to marketing, by the way, is um, you want to you want to provide all the reasons why someone should. That's that's the that's the goal. Make of it marketing. easier for them. Make it easy for them. Make it easy to find. You want to be in all the places where your potential reader is, uh, and you you know uh, you're talking to them in their language, and you want to give them the reason, tell them the experience they're going to have with the book. You can tell someone about what what your book is about, but have you had conversations like that? Like that's the most boring conversation. Well, my <laughs> book is about this guy who wakes up and he's, you know, got a cockroach body you know, or whatever. Uh, and that can be kind of intriguing, but what you find is it takes paragraphs and pages to tell someone what the book is about. But if you can tell them what experience they're going to have, you can entice them in just a paragraph or two. You magical. just dropped a, a gem, by the way, Kevin. You said, put your books in all the places where readers go. Yeah. I mean, to make your books more findable, put your books in all the places where readers go to find books. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. And readers like libraries. A lot of readers like libraries. And it's a different audience. You're not cannibalizing your, your, uh, your retail audience by doing that. Because people who check books out from the library... Aren't, weren't likely to buy the book either. That's the thing you got to keep in mind is what you're aiming for is, and this is the same as subscription services, okay? Right. Subscriptions, libraries, all of this. Your goal is to create multiple streams of revenue, okay? Right. With the same product. So you've created this product. It's a the book. You make it available as an ebook, a print book, and an audio book. That's three types of revenue there. That's three different types of readers. Yeah. 
you create uh, you to put that ebook in uh, subscription services and libraries and you know whatever else you know comes along in your store and sites exactly now you've got you know you can actually potentially you could triple the number of marketplaces because you know libraries will do paperback and hardcover they'll also do audiobook you know there's subscription services like um over what well, is overdrive a subscription service or is, or is it just yes uh, well the, the libby app libby. the libby app libby yeah 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 and uh, so, yeah, you've got so all those apps that serve the library audience mm -hmm. can serve both ebook and audiobook yes. to that audience. And what you've got is you. The truth is, you're not going to make as much money on each individual unit sold because uh, they only pay a percentage of the cover price, or they they have rates, you know, or they have some click model or something like that. But you get you capture revenue that you would absolutely not get otherwise so that's the idea start we we as authors get a little hung up on i gotta sell you know a million copies of my book in order to succeed uh, you don't you can why not make money from somebody who's just casually browsing they read 50 percent. you get paid for that 50 percent. you know in in these uh subscription models or in these you know library models you know so anyway um we've got let's talk a little bit let's loop back on um because i'm seeing some stuff pop up but i need a gap so that i can grab it <laughs> but let's <laughs> let's talk about subscription services a little more uh so what um i mean jim you are using script are you also using like Cobo plus or any of this yeah well i don't use i haven't tried out Cobo plus yet but i've got libby on my phone i've got libby hoopla uh scribd um Palace Marketplace, which is a new. Yeah. Uh, That's one of new, our new ones. Yeah. Yeah. New library marketplace. Um, and it's really cool. It's a great yeah. app. Um, I, from a reader's perspective, if there's a brand new book I want, uh, chances are if I go into a, 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 one of the library apps like Libby, you know, there's a bunch of people who want to read that book too. So there's going to be a hold, there's going to be a wait. I always, put books that I want on holds. And then it's, you just kind of forget about it for a couple of weeks. And then poof, it's like Christmas when that book arrives, you get an alert and you get to go and enjoy your book. But a lot of times, um, if you guys are on Scribd too, you might agree with this. A lot of times I'll check Hoopla, I'll check Libby. There's a book that I want, whether it's an ebook or an audio book and it's not there and I'll go into Scribd and there it is. Yep. And then I'm like, yeah. yes. Yeah. And that's the, what we want authors to take from this, by the way, that's the, the reader experience is that, and it has those perks and benefits for the reader. And that makes it much more likely, like, you know, you, people can stumble upon your book a lot easier in these mm -hmm. services. That's one of the reasons you would want to utilize it. Um, because you're, you're there, they have their recommendation engines, they have, you know, they they know what you're reading and what you like. They know, you know, they can track. Actually, there's some data that I'd love to get my hands on, really. But like, they know when you left a book. You know, when did you stop reading that book? And they know, <laughs> and they prompt you. It'll prompt that reader to go back and finish that book. Well, yes. that's that benefits yeah. you. You know, especially if you haven't read to the twenty percent. I think that's probably a key. I don't have proof of this, but I think Scrib does that. If you didn't finish reading to twenty percent it starts kind of nudging you to go back and try that book again, which is you good because that's I, when you get paid. 
<laughs> what I'm hearing Jim say though is as he he is a subscriber or a library user, so he's going to this well, library app, this library app, this subscription service, this subscription service. Mm -hmm. What he never said is he goes to um, Amazon.com and tries to buy the ebook, mm -hmm. and that's because these are different readers. These these are different users. Right. This is what he does when he wants to read his ebooks. Whereas I I like print books. <laughs> I've got a terrible habit of buying print and I'm constantly looking when I see something and, and you know, my first thought is, is it in print? I need yeah. a copy. I need a copy in my hand. I share with my family. We pass yeah. books amongst one another. You've got to read this author. This author is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And so um, I tend to lean towards print, even though I work in the ebook business yeah. and I have hundreds of ebooks on my devices, but I don't automatically think, oh, I should check the library. I have those, but that's not the type of buyer that I am. Yeah. You're reaching different, a different demographic of readers. Yeah. So that's why you want to have your book in all of those different services so that you can get the print buyers and you can get the ebook buyers and you can get the sure. subscribers. Yeah. I just want to call you out, though, because you said you had a, quote, bad habit of reading print that is not a bad habit <laughs> that is every, and i don't i don't want any authors thinking that one format is preferable to another with readers because readers everyone's got their thing but that it makes a very good point there mm -hmm. are readers who will who only want to read print absolutely so you are not putting your books in print and now we have you know d to d print is your easy option mm -hmm. now uh to get your books into print uh, we can even just autom we can convert your ebook to a print book. Like we can, we have all these tools that do that. I'm listening to me going. I'm going off into my pitch. But, <laughs> and uh, I'm one of those nerds who will read a book as an ebook or listen to it as an audiobook and then go buy the print version. If I yeah, exactly. That's the other side of it. So the the thing about print as a um, in addition to your your marketing your author marketing strategy, like having having that as part of your offering is there one you capture readers who only read in print two there are a lot of us out there yes. jim not just you but me oh, as well oh, just me. when i read a book that i really love there the souvenir instinct kicks in and me i go too. buy that physical book me too yeah so so yeah yes. you're not there's I, nothing you have wrong with to that have like a record of it for some reason yeah. i have it on my kindle i have it on my kobo but I gotta have it a some shelf space. I get all the formats. <laughs> if I really love a book, I get I, all the formats. <laughs> do you see what Alyssa just said? She keeps print books like trophies. Yes. I'm yeah. the exact same way. Yeah, I, I shove them on a spike, hang them out <laughs> like, to warn the other books. Uh, here's a question uh, regarding audio. Uh, how this is uh, our new program that we're a partnership mm -hmm. with uh, with Apple. But how do we get our romance books into Apple through D2D, which was announced a month or so ago? Okay, so what you want to know is that book must be live in digital format, either through Apple directly or through Draft to Digital. That's how you get there. Um, so that's step one. Step two, it's a very limited number of bisects currently. They are actively working on adding so many new features, so many new narration voices. Um, so, so just be patient, but it's a limited, limited set of bisects right now. They're mostly looking at women's fiction um, romances. 
they're not doing box sets. They've had a little bit of trouble getting the AI narration to um, handle the the end matter of one book and then flow easily into the next book in a box set. So we're, we're not looking at box sets and we're currently only looking at English language books. Um, but again, Apple is telling us constantly that they are actively building more options, more features, more voices. Okay. So stay tuned. If your book does not qualify yet, it will very soon. Yeah. Uh, when you come on to draft a digital site, there is a button um, you can click on um, my books, add new book. And then there's a button in there that is start an audiobook. If you click on that and you have eligible books, you will be shown that. If you do not have eligible books, you will be shown the reason why, like it's an anthology or a box set or like it's in Spanish language or it's a nonfiction and that's not currently being offered. So um, just be patient. Apple's really only looking to do these, uh, to create these once. So it's kind of a one and done situation unless, you know, unless something changes. So it's not a bad thing to to wait a little bit longer to get your book into the auto because you're going to have more features available to you. Um, I have seen uh, a couple of different uh, posts about some new narration voices. So I know it's actively being built. Um, and uh, so just keep keep your eye out and um, your BISAC should be included soon. Um, they, they, the AI wasn't fantastic with like make-believe words. So like fantasy and sci-fi where you're world building and these are not words in the English language, you're creating, you know, concepts and things like that didn't do great. So they, they are still refining their tools and making it better and better. So just, just keep an eye out. It'll be available soon if it's not in your genre yet. I want to pop up. The, we're, we're running out of time. Uh, I'm going to pop up this last comment because I really like it from author K Parquet. Uh, Ada, awareness, interest, desire, and action is what I've been told to use as a template for marketing. And I think it's an excellent template. Yeah. So, uh, K, I really appreciate that. So, A, A, A I D A, Ada. That's how I choose to pronounce that. Uh, awareness, interest, desire, action. Those are the things you want to entice in your uh, reader and to reach them. So, um, okay, well, that is going to wrap us up. Uh, this is this has been a good one. I'm, I'm glad we had a chance to talk to everybody. These subscription-based services, I think, are kind of, they're a sneaky little uh, additional revenue source for authors. And I, I really think that if you embrace them as part of your strategy, um, and and you can wait it out be patient because you know it's not an immediate thing but you know the the more places you have for readers to discover you the better and yeah. this is this is a pretty good one and they are constantly working to improve these things kobo plus has added half a dozen uh, new marketplaces over the past two years so i look for that to continue to grow now that they're in the us and the uk those are two yeah. major pockets of english reading uh, audiences so uh, I am going to be watching this very closely on my side to see how that does. So uh, thank you to Jim and Tara for being a part of today's episode. I'm really glad everyone uh, was able to make it. And thank you for helping me with answering questions and the like. Uh, to everyone, everyone out there, make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe. 
so that we can, you know, all that love you give us goes out into the world. So uh, help us put more love out in the universe and make sure you bookmark D 2 D live dot com so that you'll be um you'll you'll be able to see the little countdown to whenever we're doing new episodes new shows there's a lot of changes coming a lot of things are going to be happening over the next um you know the rest of this year 2023 uh, i'm kind of excited about some of the stuff that's going to start showing up so you're going to want to tune in and be a part of that and as we roll out everybody we want to this this little uh, commercial spot is all for you uh to tell you a little bit more about ddd print and then we'll uh, we'll be logging off and see you next time. So take care. Thanks, everyone. Ebooks are great, but there's just something about having your words in print. Something you can hold in your hands, put on a shelf, sign for a reader. That's why we created D2D Print, a print-on-demand service that was built for you. We have free, beautiful templates to give your book a pro look, and we can even convert your ebook cover into a full wraparound cover for print. So many options for you and your books. And you can get started right now at DraftToDigital.com. That's it for this week's Self-Publishing Insiders with draft to digital Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with your will-be author friends. And start, build, and grow your own self-publishing career right now at draft2digital.com.